there's a picture of me from you know one of the marathon photographers on Fifth Avenue. That's probably my favorite picture from the marathon because I'm smiling and it's Fifth Avenue and I'm not looking at the camera. I'm just happy running in the last couple of miles of the marathon. And that makes me so happy to see that I was like actually like kind of relaxed in that moment, even though it was obviously it was hard and obviously I was tired at that point. Welcome to Chill Track Friday. I'm Anne. Hello, hello. This is Ali. <laughs> Drum roll. We have a special guest today. Welcome to Chill Track Friday, Andrea. Nice to be here. <laughs> Our third featured athlete. So, you know, you ran an amazing marathon not too long ago. Thank you. But before we have even gone anywhere, I'm going to take us back. <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about how and when you got into running? Yes. Sure. Um, so I uh, I was always active as a kid, um, but I was definitely not an athlete. Um, I danced and, uh, you know, studied ballet and that kind of thing as a kid. And then in high school, um, I was on the soccer team. Uh, they started the, the girls soccer team, I think the year before I started high school. So it was a new thing, which is probably why I made the team. I've never had a lot of hand-eye coordination, still don't. Um, and we didn't have a track team then. I think now they do, and apparently they're quite good. But I started running in high school just for fitness, uh, continued it in college and beyond, but never raced. If, you know, occasionally I do like a the you know race for the cure kind of thing, but that that was really it. And then um, in my 30s, I got uh, really into cycling and not racing, but doing endurance events, uh, century rides, and that kind of thing. And that was that was really my first exposure to that kind of activity doing endurance events and realizing I had the capacity for it um, because I really had never seen myself as somebody who would do that. Um, and I was still running uh, just, you know, for fun. I'd do, you know, more time than thinking about pace. I'd run on the beach. I'd run in the park. Um, but I really was not part of the running community in New York at all. Um, I would go out and watch the New York City Marathon because as a New Yorker, that's one of the greatest days in the city every year. Um, but as my, my dad always says, you know, you get the urge to run the marathon when you're watching it. And if you wait long enough, the urge will pass. <laughs> so <laughs> that was kind of like that, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, no, no. Um, and then a couple of things happened that um, made me shift into racing. Um, so one was that I was, I did some work, uh, with a nonprofit that had gotten, it was a very small nonprofit. They'd gotten designated as a charity of the New York city marathon for the first time. And so they wanted to use that as an opportunity to raise awareness about their work. And I got to know a bunch of the people, uh, who were, who were training with them that year. Um, it's a, it's a nonprofit called the blue card and they raise money for indigent Holocaust survivors, um, of which there are still a good number. These are mostly people who were children during the Holocaust. So anyway, very small organization doing great work. And meeting some of those runners, I realized 
they weren't more fit than me. They were just running fit. They had a different kind of training than I had from cycling or my more casual running. And that was really a surprise to think about because I always thought of people who ran races and certainly marathons as being an entirely different class of athlete from anything I was doing. And um, the other thing uh, was seeing Shalane Flanagan uh, come in second in the New York City Marathon in 2010. Um, And I don't you know, it was so incredible and inspiring. And it was, you know, the first American woman in, you know, what, 20 some years to do that well in New York. Um, but I mean, it would be inspiring on its face anyway, but somehow it also was motivating. And I'm not sure why. It's not like I thought, oh, I'm going to go, you know, perform like that. But um, somehow, I connected to it and it was very motivating on a personal level. And then that winter, I started signing up for New York Roadrunner races. And that spring, I ran my first um, Brooklyn half. So it was kind of a combination. Running was, again, it was something I'd always done and enjoyed. Um, As an activity, I was not somebody who hated to go out for a run. I always, you know, always enjoyed doing it. Mostly did it by myself. Um, but really was not part of racing until, you know, that was, you know, about nine, eight, nine years ago and after I'd turned 40. So kind of coming to it a little bit later than, than most people do. Um, that's really interesting. Thank you. Sure. I didn't know any of that about (laughs) you. That's so wonderful. Um, can you tell us about your first, how was that first half marathon? Did you train for it? I or? did train. Um, I found a, uh, a training plan, I think in like shape or women's health or something and tore it out and stuck it on my fridge and was like, all right, I'm just going to do my best to cover as much of this as I can. Um, I don't even think I might, I'm not sure if I even had any way of tracking my pace then I might've had an old Garmin that somebody, that a friend had given me that looked kind of like a brick you strapped onto your wrist at that point. Um, (laughs) they've really made a lot of improvements. Um, so, but I followed it and, uh, ran, I didn't run the race with a few friends, but, um, I had signed up with, for it with a few girlfriends and we all went out to Brooklyn together and, um, and it was just great. It was, um, it was really fun. I think it was, there was that moment in the first mile or two when I was, had that like, oh my God, you're really doing this. You're Mm -hmm. running a half marathon, uh, that, um, it was just, it was a pretty happy experience. I mean, I remember that lot, that long stretch towards Coney Island at the end where it's like, you know, Avenue P Avenue P again. And I'm like, (laughs) it just really goes on for a while. But, um, but overall it felt great. And, um, I, I can't remember. I think I ran like a 152 something. It was somewhere in there, which was better than I'd expected. I think I was hoping to just crack two hours. I didn't, you know, it's kind of the, the nice thing when you're first starting out, you don't really set too many expectations. Now I probably overwhelm myself with expectations. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, it was just great. It was really fun. And I think that was when I thought, okay, maybe I'll do this nine plus one. And, you know, you suddenly start to feel like, well, if I can do that, maybe I can, you know, you kind of raise the bar a little more, raise the bar a little more. So that was, that was the start. So 
how did group training mm. came okay. into the picture? So um, in, uh, let's see, it was about two and a half years ago. So I, I did wind up running in, in 2012. I had trained for the New York City Marathon, and that was the year of Hurricane Sandy. I'm t- sorry, I'm, I'm the one now. Take, I'll go a step back to go a step forward. <laughs> so, um, because it, it, back it, it, really does, um, it really does lead up. So um, I trained for, for New York in, um, in 2012. Uh, I, at that point, only ever thought, I'm going to run one marathon. It's going to be New York. This is my city. And, uh, and of course, that was the year of Hurricane Sandy. So, um, you know, it was heartbreaking for so many reasons. What was happening in the city was, was devastating. And then, you know, to have trained. And that year I trained with um, team and training. So I had raised money for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And so there's was that whole piece of it, um, you know, having in mind people who had made a lot of... Um, you know, people who were uh, what they called honored teammates, people who were cancer survivors but were training alongside you. So it was very emotional, but I decided at the advice of a friend to still find a marathon and ran Philly. Um, and it's kind of funny because I was like, oh, it's not like I want to run Philly. I'm, I only wanted to run New York and then wound up running Philly two, uh, two weeks later. Um, so I, I did have a marathon that year, which was great, and then um, deferred New York as long as I could and wound up running New York in 2016, uh, which was a year, a little less than a year after my son was born. So that was also great. And something I was really proud of to, to train with a, a new baby is, uh, it's something actually a lot of people do. It's not as unique as you would think, but it's a little nuts to be, you know, nursing and not getting a lot of sleep and trying to train. And I mostly trained on my own and I was very proud to, to run it and to finish it. But um, it's, you know, it didn't, it wasn't the same as being able to train, you know, in, in under more normal circumstances. But I, a few months after running uh, New York, so second marathon, first time running New York, I ran into uh, Coach Daphne, Daphne Madeline, at um, a party for a mutual friend. And I knew Daphne did a lot of running. I didn't really know exactly what she, you know, about the coaching and all of it. Um, And I was telling her, you know, I've been in kind of a rut since the marathon. I'm just tired. A lot is one word for it. A lot? A lot of running for Daphne is one way to say it. She does a lot of running. Um, Like 60 mile weeks. Yeah. 70, 60, yeah. So I... We love you. (laughs) So I ran into Daphne at a party and I was like, oh, I'm kind of in a rut since the marathon and I, you know... Not every time I go out, I'm just so sluggish. And she said, you should come to group training. And I said, what is that? And this was when, I guess, the reboot of group training was fairly new. So um, it wasn't like trying to get Hamilton tickets to sign up for group training. (laughs) And, you know, you could just be like, oh, hey, I'm going to sign up for the next session and not, like, set your watch and and be, you know, biting your nails for it. So, um, So I signed up. I was kind of intimidated showing up. Um, at the run center. And uh, I, I do remember meeting both of you fairly early on um, back when, when Anne was, I think for a minute, we overlapped in group two before you <laughs> moved on <laughs> to, to faster times. Um, but I just, I loved it in the beginning. I started with intervals on Tuesday and then that was, I think in March. And by the end of the summer, I was doing um, tempo on Thursday mornings as well. 
And, uh, you know, I, when, um, I say this all the time, but I, it obviously bears repeating. I think group training has really transformed my running in a way that I don't think I ever would have anticipated. You know, I thought this was a great way to, uh, you know, push myself a little bit and get more motivated. Um, and I don't think I could have foreseen how much of a community I was going to become part of and how big a part of my life that would be, uh, how much support I would get from that, how many great friends I would make. I mean, it's just, it's opened up a whole world that, um, particularly I think, you know, look, everybody has a lot going on, you know, whether professionally and personally in New York, we're all super busy, but, uh, as, um, a mom with a, a young child, my son is nearly four it's such a, it's become this tremendous outlet that is apart from, um, being a mom and a parent and that part of my life. And it's so terrific to have something that I can have outside and then come back. And now he's getting old enough to, you know, un- really understand what I'm doing. And he, he talks about mommy's running friends and <laughs> he uh, is now starting to do a couple of races with New York Roadrunners also, which is great. Um, but it's really, uh, you know, group training has just been, um, and you know, I mean, more broadly just training with other people and, uh, taking advantage of all the ways that that can push you is just, you know, more than I had ever anticipated. Go ahead. So I can, I can say that about so many people. It's not right. Like that's happened to so many of us in group training, what it has become, a lot of us used to run by ourselves. Then the similarities are amazing because you said you signed up. You're like, I have no idea what this is. Maybe you'll push me a little. I showed up and I was intimidated day one. That's like exactly how I felt. And then it's turned into something that I can't imagine what my, you know, what my life would be without it. Right. Um, and then we have all these groups within that, right, that you run with even when you're not at group training. Can you talk about what the A train is? <laughs> Speaking of that. the A train, which is which is currently on, I I, I don't know, I w- don't want to call, say it's stalled because we're just running <laughs> on different tracks right now. So uh, this goes back really more first year of group training, um, but it was myself, uh, a woman named Anna who is now back in Italy, and another woman Andrea who is here in New York, and so we were the three A's, and we were all running together and just training together and pushing each other and, um, just developed a tremendous friendship. Um, and that's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's harder to make friends when you get older. Um, and it is, you know, even as, you know, I have mom friends, but for every mom friend who you hang out with, there's, it's a much smaller number. That's going to be people you're really close to 10 years from now. Right. And, it is amazing how much time we spend together with our, our running friends mm-hmm. and, it, and how much a part of our lives th- these new friends are. And I think that's, that's something really special. But it's also, it's had a tremendous impact on my running. I mean, um, it's, there are so many days, and even looking over my, um, my running journal from the marathon before, uh, you know, in advance of, of our talking, over and over, I wrote something about how, you know, I pushed myself harder because of the people I was with. Um, and how, you know, there are days where it just, 
you know, it was so hot and humid and it was just going to be so miserable. But because we were out there together, we got it done, got it done better than I anticipated. Um, And even the days when it was really awful, like the um, the 18 mile Mm -hmm. tune up was probably one of the worst runs I had in my training in terms of how I felt that day. And, um, but I was still with other people who could, you know, help me get some perspective and, uh, not be too hard on myself about it. And, um, and also be motivated by it because I was, these are peers. Um, although some of them are much younger, but we're running peers, uh, And it was, you know, that's a kind of a good reminder, like, okay, well, you know, everyone else is getting this done and you need to get this done too. It's actually one of the things I, I also love about group training. It's that age agnostic, you know, we're, we're all there because we, we love running we're looking for different things from it maybe, but we're, we want to run and, um, and we're grouped by pace rather than age. So, you know, which is how you find yourself at 50 being invited to a 30th birthday party. And that's so nice, actually. <laughs> it's great. really kind yeah. of a great, it's kind of a great thing, um, kind of side benefit of it. Yeah. Um, so let's get a little bit specific. Yes. Um, so you had done, you know, obviously we say times don't matter and times do matter for <laughs> lots of reasons, but like ultimately they don't matter, but they matter to us because we right. care about what we're doing. So if you don't mind, I'm going to mention some of your times. That's fine. Um, so your Philly, your first marathon was Philly, as you said, in 2012 and you ran a 402.23, which is, that's an amazing first marathon. Thank you. And then in 2016 was your first New York City and you ran 410.53 and you told us some of the circumstances around your first New York that you just had Jack and you were nursing and I mean, I can't even imagine training while going through that. Um, and you, t- you spoke to us about your decision to do group training. What I'm getting at here is it seems like there was a very deliberate decision to do the New York City Marathon this year. And can yes. you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so uh, I think, you know, the, the two prior marathons were both great in their own way, but there was that feeling, there was a lingering feeling of, I think three things. One, I really wanted to break four hours. And I know it's this ridiculous number that we've created. And, you know, I don't know when, at what point that started, I'm sure Coach Stewart could could tell us when that trend began. But, um, but I had that in my head. I did want to break four, um, and uh, I wanted to be able to train. Uh, I I felt like by the prior two marathons, both kind of had an asterisk. You know, the the first one I ran two weeks later. It wasn't a course I trained for um, running Philly when I was supposed to run New York, and then uh, the second one. You know, I did train for New York, but it was it was tough training um, with a new baby, and uh, I I was training my own, and I did have you know I I had run one before, so I did know something, but um, it was uh, it was definitely a challenging training time, and I I was you know more than anything else, I was just really exhausted. I mean, you're not sleeping through the night at all, um, so I kind of felt like both of those times had an asterisk attached and I really wanted to see, could I do it if I trained properly and managed to stay healthy and not injured, which was not that I'd have a hit, have a history of serious injuries, but you know, the older you get, the more you think about things and having to balance that. 
Um, and then also I turned 50 this fall and I figured, well, that would be a nice year to do it. Uh, the year I turned 50, you know, a month, just over a month after to try running New York again and see if I could break four here, here at home, if you will. So, and can you tell us what your time was? So it was uh three That's amazing. <laughs> that is a seven minute PR from your Philly and right. about 16 minutes from your previous New York. So that's incredible. Thank you. So since we are on that, the most recent marathon, can you talk about what you did differently? We have our perspective because we were kind of attached to you from a featured... I was very attached to you too. (laughs) From a Chill Track Friday uh, featured athlete point of view, but not just that, right? There's a holistic point of view. You had a training plan. You wanted to follow that. We sort of advised and fed some information, answered questions, but overall, right, like from your point of view, what did you do different and what worked? And maybe things you found out that probably didn't work. Well, I think, I mean, it was a few things going, I was going into it with a better base because, um, because of group training and because I've been in, you know, running more consistently and I had done, I did two half marathons in the spring. So I kind of had a good base from that. And I think, so I started with that preparation Um, but it was really the kind of a few layers of structure. So I had group training still Tuesdays and Thursdays. I had a virtual trainer, although we tweaked that, you tweaked that somewhat significantly. I mean, not, not so much the day to day, but the overall, um, shifting around the, the, the heaviest load of the weeks and giving counsel also on the, um, on how to handle and approach the longest runs, throwing the Yassos in, doing the Yassos twice, which was not in my training plan. Um, so it was kind of coming at it from all sides, really. Um, I don't know that I know enough that I had or could even think of like a training philosophy, like I'm going to, uh, you know, attack it like this or attack it like that. I think I'm, you know, frankly, too much of a novice to have even thought about it that way. It was a little more goal oriented, like, okay, here's the time I want to get to. And also knowing that there was the potential to improve on a lot of fronts. So, um, one thing that uh, I, I did differently that I got good counsel from you and um, that it's, it's, a, it's a simple thing, but it's also really not, was I fueled much better. And even over the course of my training, I got better about that. So like when I did the 18 miler in Central Park, I think I had, I took in goo at like seven miles and 12 miles, not enough learned a lesson that day. And when I did my 22, I remember Ali told me, you know, start early and make sure it's by every five miles and you want to, and it made a big difference. What do you know? I mean, it, it says on the packet, like every 45 (laughs) minutes, but like somehow, you know, you really need that to be told to you by somebody who knows more than you. And, um, so I feel like my fueling improved. Um, one of the big challenges for me, um, really for the past two years. And, uh, coach Brian will tell you this and coach Stewart is I'm, I'm not always so good with my breathing. I don't always manage it very well. Um, sometimes I, I like to say I'm the Monica Sellis of group training. Cause I sometimes like, <laughs> especially if we're like in kind of a sprint finish, I will, I can start breathing very hard. And, um, I've really gotten better at that. Some of that has come from uh, group training. I realized 
one of the challenges I was having in this training cycle for the marathon was, especially in the summer months, I was getting um, a stitch. And I remember I was talking to different people, you know, could it be salt? Could it be this? And Ali said, like, where you're getting it is not, that's not salt. That's breathing. Like, watch your posture Mm -hmm. and try to control your breathing more. Um, And I feel like by the end of the training cycle, I had really gotten that just, you know, much more controlled breathing. I did not get a stitch in the entire marathon. Um, So that was like, that's a a big improvement that I think is going to help me just in terms of like, just enjoying running in races more to have tackled that, Uh, that, you know, so it's like, it's, so it's a lot of different layers of things. Um, I think my pacing has improved dramatically over this training cycle. And I think that came from feedback from the two of you and some of like the, the assignments I got from you, if you will, and I'll, I can talk about that. But also that's a big group training uh, thing as well. And um, the you so you guys had assigned me to do Yasso's twice. Um, and I remember asking you, like, do you think they're really a predictor? And Anne was kind of like, well, there's lots of opinions on that. <laughs> My opinion now, having done them, is no, they're not, because I probably would have run it, you know, that maybe a, my marathon would have been 10 minutes faster if they were a predictor. But I do think it's a great, um, it's a great workout. And for me, it was a really good pacing exercise to try to f- like really feel like what does that target range feel like and have to dial that in. Um, and the first time I did it, my, I was visiting my parents and I forgot my Garmin charger. And so I had to do it with my phone, like hit start, run and, you know, and, um, so I really had to feel what the pace was much more so than when you can just like Mm -hmm. glance at your watch and then, you know, 200 meters later, glance at your watch again. And I feel like that was a, a really good exercise in trying to tap into what does a pace feel like, whatever your pace is. I mean, it's, it's not even about how fast you are, but what does, what's hard without like red zone. Um, so all of these things I think are what came together um, in the marathon because the, my pacing in the marathon was something I'm, I'm really proud of. I mean, I can be hard on myself about, oh, I thought I was going to be a few minutes faster or whatever, but, um, but I feel like that control was something that I did not have several months ago. Like I, 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 or maybe I did and I just wasn't as tuned into it, but I really feel like that's in a, a different place now than it was. And, and that, that feels great. Yeah, I just want to say your pacing of the race was incredible. <laughs> Thank you. It was so even. I mean, I I actually went to your tra- I had a many athletes tracked and every time I looked at yours, I was like, Is, did it die? Did it die? Because it was like the same. Your finish, your predicted finish time was the same pretty mm-hmm. much the whole time. And we actually had, I've, I've shared this with you already, we had a few people comment to us like, oh my God, did you see Andrea's splits? Like they're so even. It was really amazing. And I love, I'm so glad to hear your feedback on your experience with the Yasos because the only time I've ever um, prescribed them, for lack of a better word, 
is for the endurance aspect of it, not the predicting aspect of it. Because I do think that there's something really challenging and rewarding to get through a workout like that. I mean, there's also mile repeats. I think, you know, one, six of one, half a dozen of the other, but it's a really hard workout. And to be able to, I, we saw, I mean, you say that you don't have a, you couldn't put it into a philosophy, but from a coaching perspective, what I saw in you and going through your plan and watching you train was that, and you mentioned this, trying to get it from all sides. You were like a sponge. You right. wanted information. You you weren't sure how it all fit all together, but you were willing to try everything and you wanted to try everything. You said, made many suggestions to us about, I want to do this and where can we fit this in? And that's really a, a wonderful attri- like trait and attribute. Um, and then to see... That what that was doing for you was it was giving you more confidence while similarly getting you in shape, but you were already in shape. So I think for you, your training cycle was so much for your mind. No, absolutely. I think, you know, it's interesting. I did the extended tempo training with group training on Thursday. So, you know, it's an extra half hour. And granted, some of that is more conversation about training and approach, but it is more time running. It's a longer run. And, um... And again, I was, even though I'd been doing group training for over two years, I was completely intimidated showing up for that, uh, for extended tempo. I was like, am I going to be able to keep up? You know, all these people have, you know, they're all doing like their 12th New York City or their, you know, 100th marathon. And and even during the training season, sometimes I would feel that way. And then I would get there and just by the end of the run, it was like, wow, this was a confidence boost. Again, because you're running with other people who are pushing you, but we were tapping into those, you know, that really kind of drilling in on the pacing, the the workout where you put a sticker over your watch face so you can't keep checking your time, which of course we all do. Um, so it, I think there was something I I said to you, the two of you in, in emails, a few times during at least during the training cycle, which was I'm really trying to trust in this alchemy of marathon training that it's all going to magically come together during taper and because it doesn't always feel that way really especially for someone like me who you know people have have asked me oh is this your first marathon and when I say it was my third you know they think oh like you've you know old hat at this and it's so not true and first of all you know three years ago when I was in like you know new baby fog. And then seven years ago is like a lifetime ago. It's not that I was starting from scratch, but I felt like it was very fresh and new. Um, and it's not, I mean, that, this time I really hope that I will retain <laughs> some of it. Um, I mean, it was such a different kind of training cycle. Um, but I'm also trying to, um, you know, kind of write down what more about what the experience was. So when I do start training for my next big race, even if it's not a marathon, I can try to remember, okay, these are the things that worked. This is what felt like, yeah, maybe you need to work on that more and, and try to bring that forward in, into what, you know, what I do next year and, and beyond. That's exciting. I think you'll be able to remember things more than you think that you will. Just speaking from experience. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And it's so true, the tricky nature of the marathon, right? The distance is so... You're, you're right. You can get to the taper. Everything can go super perfect. You just don't know what the day is going to bring, what the distance is going to bring, mm-hmm. what after 22 is going to feel like after 20, and 
all these different variables have to come together, even if 16 weeks went smashing, right? right? So that's so true. We all feel that, right? So that when you hit that taper time, we just know like what's going through the athlete. But one thing that gave me so much confidence, and I texted that to Anne separately right after you texted us, was your last long run. Um, we actually modified it to something quite hard. Um, and so it was like half of it was almost at goal pace. And But by now, like both of us were confident that you know what your pace is and that what that goal pace is going to feel like. So it had big chunks of running at goal pace. And the way you executed that, it was like I just kind of raised my fist in, in, <laughs> in the air after I saw your like screenshot and watching. I actually saw it on your Garmin before you had even sent it in. And I was like, okay, this is going to be, this is perfect. Now we just have to hold back and be easy until race day. And it's all going to come together, you know, if, if the day comes. So it's, it's so true. Um, let's go to the day off. How was, what do you remember? Can you walk us through your race? Sure. Yeah. So, um, as, as you guys know, I was really, really nervous leading up to the race. I mean, Saturday I was just like, you know, almost like beside myself. Like, I just want to get this race started. Like, I just want it to be tomorrow already. Of course, barely slept that night, but that's expected. I actually was able to get some good sleep during the week leading up. But I, I was very nervous, and um, I had trained. I did a lot of long training runs uh, with a woman who I met through group training named Tara. Uh, and I think training with her was a big part of why a lot of my training went so well. Um, we're very compatible in terms of our, our pace. She's, uh, she's run, I think this was her 10th New York City marathon, so she's a very experienced marathoner. And we're friends, so it was, you know, it was just training with her was was just really terrific. And um, I, we had expected to be in wave one. She's always been in wave one, and uh, somehow, um, you know, seconds make a difference, I guess. So I got put in sort of the back of wave one, and she was in the front of wave two. And after much deliberation. Um, I decided that it would be better to run with her in wave two, kind of the nothing new on race day strategy, uh, that, you know, that would be a much more secure way to not go out too fast, to run with somebody who we can, you know, kind of keep each other in check and which we always did in our training runs. And there were definitely times which she was like, Andrea, you're running at, you know, you're 809, 815 or something. And she's right. I mean, you got to keep it, you know, in check for the long haul. So um, we made that, I made that decision. Um, and I, when we first met up on the morning of the marathon, Tara and I are, and several other people from group training. And again, I'd been just so nervous. And, and again, why? Like nobody cares about my time but me. Really, <laughs> nobody cares. But you just, it's this big thing you've dedicated like, half a year to it practically. And I think right or wrong, I felt a certain amount of pressure because I know balancing running for training for a marathon with family, I'm not going to just run another marathon in April and then maybe I'll do another one next fall. Like I probably won't run a marathon again, at least for a couple of years. I, I'm certainly not saying never, but it's not, you know, I think it's not fair to, um, 
to family time because training for a marathon takes so much time away. Uh, so I knew that this was kind of my big shot for at least a while. And, um, and so that was kind of an additional pressure I was feeling to reach those goals I had set for myself. So, uh, as soon as I met up with everybody, I felt immediately, it was just great. We were on the bus together. We were laughing. It just made everything so much, all of a sudden it was like, okay, this is going to be fun. The weather was good, which was, you know, obviously just such a plus that we weren't freezing and it wasn't raining. And, um, and so Tara and I, and actually another friend from group training was with us at the very start, but Tara and I started together and, um, and it really went great. It was, you know, I, I felt like I was really able to, um, to take it in and, um, you know, focus on my pacing, but also kind of be in the moment of, this is one of the greatest sporting events in the world and you're in it, you're participating in it. Um, it's funny, I, this, I really hadn't paid attention to which elites were running. Like I knew that somewhere out there, those people were already probably done, but, um, (laughs) but you know that that's going on also, that it's this incredible event. And I think that's one of the things, obviously this has been said before, but that makes running so special because you're on the same course in the same moment as these other people and, and who are the best at what they do in the world. So the, you know, it was, it was a great day on so many fronts. One thing that happened when I think Tara and I were at about, about mile 11 or somewhere around 11, 12, I was even thinking like, wow, we're like, we're pretty much on target um, for where we want to be to actually have, have finished a little bit faster than, than I ultimately did. But, um, you know, kind of trying to do the math in my head with the, the pace band, my Garmin, of course, right at the start, it was like installing new, you know, software. And I was like, what? So there was that. Yeah. And, but again, like good, good thing to be with a friend because I was like freaking out. She's like, don't worry, oh don't worry. God, that's so typical. Yeah. So typical. Like, and it's my own fault. Like I should have had it like five, I don't know, a minute earlier have so teed it up, but yeah. I got a pebble in my shoe coming yeah. over from the right, whatever. Like there was all those little things. Your shoe decided to update. Like yeah, my shoe did, I, I literally got a pebble in my shoe walking over from the runner's village, like, oh, like stopped gosh. on the bridge, untied my shoe and like this, I don't know how it got in there, but like some, it would have been a problem for 26 miles. Yeah. So, out, I'm go- yeah. but that's why like, I, you know, so I start but, my watch right at the starting line and installing update. I was like, no. So I, <laughs> so my math was like 40 <laughs> seconds off the whole, you know, oh, like man. I had to make the adjustment the whole time. Anyway, we're at about mile 12 and somebody, um, clipped Tara from behind and mm. literally knocked her flat. And it was, you know, it was one of those crazy things where like, you know, I just sort of reached down, like scooped her up. I was like, all right, we got like people behind us. I said, we, mm. we got to keep moving. And, um, and thank God she was okay. I mean, she, and she's a very tough, very strong runner and she kept going, but it, I think it rattled both of us a little bit. And I was trying to make jokes like, you know, you're really good at falling and you know, here now we got an adrenaline rush we yeah. can use. But, um, that was, uh, that was obviously a, a tough and, but it's, it's like, I remember talking 
and to you, uh, in maybe the week before the race. And you said, you know, you never know what's going to happen on race day. And that is a perfect example of, you know, here's somebody, an experienced marathoner knows exactly what she's doing, has done this before and anything can happen when you're out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we, we stayed together, um, until I think a mile round mile, 21, 22. Um, it was right after, um, Willis Avenue Bridge was actually kind of tough for me, and I was really glad that I was with Tara there because it was one of those, okay, I'm just going to stay with her. Like, I'm not going to think about anything else except getting over this bridge and staying next to her. And then I kind of got back in the groove by the time we got to Madison Avenue Bridge. So coming back into Manhattan, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I'm like, I kind of found my, found my, my pace and my groove again. And we, of course, had an explicit agreement, like, you know, if you're feeling it, take off. Like, no, you know, this is not, you don't need to explain anything in the moment. So um, that was where she and I split. She wound up finishing, I think, a few minutes after me. So she still had a great race. Um, and uh, and from there, I just, you know, I, I think the second half of the race, and this was something in, in retrospect I, I should have been thinking about more, I really focused on running the tangents the second half of the race. And I think in the first half of the race, I was probably just still a little like deer in the headlights, Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, it's happening. I'm on the bridge. I'm in Brooklyn. And it was also super crowded. And in Brooklyn, it feels like all the spectators are like in the course with you. Um, But that second half, I was much more focused on like traffic lights, point to point, point to point. And, um, and was steadier with that. And, um, and just, I really feel like even though there were definitely moments throughout the course where it got tough, you know, there's the, I, in some, I know everyone says the second half of New York is harder. In some ways I feel like it's, I don't want to say easier because nothing about a marathon is easy, but it's, you're counting down. And so, you know, once you get into single digits, it's, there's an element of like, all right, you know, what can you do for a mile? What can you do for a mile? Um, but I feel like that stretch between like seven and 15 is kind of the hardest because you know, there's so much more to go. And in fact, I feel like one of the best miles I had was going over the Queensboro bridge. I was so happy. It was quiet after Brooklyn was so loud. And then Queens was like pretty loud also. And I was like, okay, like, and my watch doesn't work on the bridge. So you can't, you just, you really have to just feel it. And we were very steady going over. I feel like I held my pace or even picked it up a little bit going over the bridge. And three years ago, that was kind of where I started to fall apart, Mm -hmm. where I knew I was definitely not going to break four. And I was, it was starting to hurt already. And you know, you have a lot of race left. So to come into first Avenue, actually feeling really strong was, was great. But I feel like, and this again was something that I feel like I got from, from your coaching and from group training, you know, several people, uh, coach Ben definitely said this to me, Ben Delaney, you know, stay positive throughout the race. You know, people say that before your marathon and you're like, yeah, yeah, stay positive, whatever. <laughs> like it's really hard. And the last time I ran New York, my feet were cramped up for like the last four miles and it was so painful. But this time I really feel like I did stay positive. Like even the t- stretches that were tough, I never had that like, oh my God, how am I going to finish? I just was like, all right, let's, you know, let's get to the end of this mile or let's think about 
things I'm grateful for. Or, you know, I think about my family or just the things to get, okay, now we're at 22 and now let's go from here. Now we're at 23. Um, having run so many parts of the course in advance made a huge difference also. That 22 miler, mm-hmm. uh, Tara and I ran um, Queensboro, First Avenue, uh, Willis and Madison Avenue bridges and then came back into... Um, so we did a, almost all of the the second half of the of the race, and that made a huge difference to know exactly what to expect on those bridges um, and on Fifth Avenue, which I think I ran f- at least five times in my training. And in fact, one of those times I ran with Anne, it was like the, probably the last hard run I had before um, uh, the marathon when when Anne was at uh, group training that morning. And, um, we were much faster that day at extended tempo than we were, than I was in the marathon, but having done fifth Avenue so many times, like I, I counted down, I knew where, you know, people were going to be on fifth Avenue cheering, you know, people I knew you were, and you were there. I had another friend who was there and it was just like, all right, get to 90th. And then you're, you know, you're, you're on home turf. You, you know exactly what to do. And there's a picture of me from, you know, one of the marathon photographers on Fifth Avenue. That's probably my favorite picture from the marathon because I'm smiling Mm -hmm. and it's Fifth Avenue and I'm not looking at the camera. I'm just happy running in the last couple of miles of the marathon. And that makes me so happy to see that I was like, actually like kind of relaxed in that moment, even though it was obviously it was hard and obviously I was tired at that point. And the last mile, it felt like somebody, it was like being in a movie and no matter how hard I ran, the turn into Columbus Circle just got further and further <laughs> away from me. And there's a phrase for that from one of our coaches in another episode. It's yeah. called like a pothead dream from the 70s. Right. It's like <laughs> so, it was like somebody was like stretching yeah, it like out, pulling, oh, it, away pulling it away from me. Um, and there were two things that saved that stretch for me because it's it's really hard to practice that because it's always so covered with people. Yeah. It's I mean it's really impossible to get a feel for that stretch, um, except for marathon day. It's just so crowded with with tourists over there all the time. But um, there was a band on that stretch, which I don't remember. I've gone there to cheer many times. I don't remember there being like a big live band there, and that kind of gave me something. It was a distraction and it helped. And then my husband and my son were right before the turn into the park. And I wasn't expecting to see them because it was actually like, it was during his nap time. So I kind of figured they'd be home by then. But my son, after they saw me, um, around mile eight, uh, my son told my husband, today is a special day. I'm not going to nap. (laughs) We're going to see mommy again. So they saw me at about 77th and 1st, and then they were at the finish. So I knew to look for them at 77th. I was hoping I would see them there, but I absolutely didn't expect to see them towards the finish. And then I also knew, Ali, that you were going to be at the finish line. I knew you were working, but you were like, no, I'm going to be like right after. And that last stretch, I was like, all right, you know, you're almost there, and then you're going to get a hug from Ali, and like you're you're (laughs) almost there. And that really... And that really helped that last stretch. It's just, you know, you think it's not that far, but it is so far when you've been going for that long. So, you know, there, there are those moments that I think, oh, you know, should I have picked it up sooner? Um, should I have picked it up at mile 21 instead of 22? Could I have gone any faster? But in that moment, I don't, I think that was everything I had to give in that race. So it was, 
it was a really great day. I think we were very fortunate with the weather that made, obviously, a huge difference. But it was a great day. I have a really important question. Yes. Did you buy the photograph? I did. <laughs> Good. Absolutely. No, I, uh, I was the dork who did the whole, um, I bought the, I prepaid the package. Because again, like I, I mean, we have so many friends who run you know, multiple marathons a year and, and of course everyone is important, but it's maybe they're not as, you know, bright and shiny object each time. And for me, like this was like a, it's a big, it's a big thing. I, I have other, um, running goals for, you know, for next year and beyond, but, um, I don't know when I'll run New York again. So, you know, it was, it's a special thing that I want to remember in that way. Yeah. Just again, congratulations. Thank you. Beautiful race and a wonderful training cycle. Thank you. Well, I owe a lot of that to working with the two of you. It, It made a big difference. It was fun. <laughs> well, you, you did all the work. We're, know, we're kind exactly. of type, we're, we're like kind of typing emails and telling you to go to group training and have those coaches handle most of the hard stuff. And yeah, but it makes such a big difference to, um, I mean, that that accountability of from the two of you from group training and then other friends who I, I, I have a couple of friends who I met through running with our strollers who we've become very close and even though the kids are really too big for that now, we, we still are in touch a lot, um, about running and, and just in general. And there were days where, you know, we're texting about running and they're like, and I would say like, Oh, I got a, the only window I have to run is this afternoon. So it's like three o'clock on a weekday and it's like 85 degrees out and 80% humidity. But that's when I need to do like, you know, four mile repeats because I couldn't get to group training that morning. And having those, you know, talking to those friends or knowing that Ali is like tracking me on Garmin is going to see it really, that level of accountability really makes a difference because even though I wouldn't necessarily flake, you're going to push harder because you know, people are going to see it or they're going to ask you how it went. And it's, again, it's not that anybody's judging you, but, uh, or though maybe, maybe they are, uh, no, but, but it's more that, um, you know, you want to, you want to deliver, mm-hmm. you know, when I was doing the second time I did the Yassos, first time I was out by my parents' house. So it was like, you know, on an empty street. Um, the second time I said, what's a good 800 meter that I can, that's flat that I can get to easily because I don't really have time to get up to a track. And you said the oval, which is a you know great one to remember. But of course in the morning it was like chock full of dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, in a way, it's sort of a good mental exercise. It was like playing one of those video games where you're kind of <laughs> navigating. But, you know, it was a tough workout, and I knew you were going to see it. So it's like, I wasn't going to bail after nine. Like, I had to do all ten repeats. I mean, you, you knowing that, um, and I've never worked with coaches before. I mean, the last time I had a, you know, a coach like that was, you know, high school soccer, which is a very different thing. So it really, um, it really made a difference. The, I think the accountability is, is a huge piece of it. Again, even though we're all very motivated, it, it adds another layer for sure. What's next for Andrea? So, um, I, I've been saying I'm on the, um, the coach Ben Delaney plan for next year, which means I'm not doing a marathon and focusing on shorter distances. Um, so my hope is to, uh, I'm really not 
I'm not doing any races between now and the end of the year um, and, and not stressing too much about runs at all right now. But um, my goal is to PR in the 10K, um, in the half, and then the Fifth Avenue mile. So um, I think for the 10K, that would mean breaking like 47 minutes. Uh, for the half, my half PR is, in, uh, is a 142 two and change in Bridgehampton. So I'm going to, I'm planning to run that. That was from two years ago. So I'm planning to run that again this year. And then the fifth Avenue mile, which I didn't do this past year because of the marathon. Um, so that would mean breaking a, a six ten. Nice. So, um, they're, they're big goals for me. I was running yesterday, still feeling very sluggish post marathon and thinking like, how am I going to do all of those things? Um, but I also feel like, you know what, I'm not going to really even think about it until kind of run during the holidays, but just have fun with yeah. it and not stress and then kind of start it up in, in January. Um, but it's, I think it's, it's always good to have goals. It's always good to, you know, sometimes I, I talk to people, especially, you know, like a mom friend who's, you know, had to be away from running for a while. And I always say, just sign up for a race and get started again. Um, so I feel like having a couple of things on the calendar that, where I have a goal attached, I may not hit all of them. Hopefully I'll hit some of them. Um, but now I feel like, okay, I need to sit down and think about how do I want to train for these? So instead of just thinking, all right, I'll do group training and that's going to get me there. Um, I want to think about, okay, especially the, the half marathon, um, what's my mileage going to, what's my peak mileage going to be? What's my longest run going to be? One lesson I learned, I feel like I, I learned from this training cycle was where the, the 22 miler was, um, I mean, I agree that was, I felt like that was really my best run in the whole training cycle. And what that taught me was I probably my other two really long runs in this cycle, I should have had a higher portion at marathon pace, possibly. I mean, that's, that's probably a longer offline conversation we could have, but I feel like that kind of preparation for the half is something I need to think about. How do I adapt what I learned for the marathon? Um, because I feel like what I've done in the past for a half is focus more on the distance of the long runs rather than, you know, two thirds should be at half marathon pace and a third at, or whatever. I mean, I'm just making that up and somebody could tell me the, the better proportion, but, um, so I really want to think strategically about how I'm going to train for those. Um, and, you know, I know there's plenty of group training coaches who are focused on, who, who have a lot of experience running the shorter distances. And, and so when it, you know, once it's a summer and I can focus on the Fifth Avenue mile, um, get some advice from them. Awesome. So That sounds yeah. like a good plan. Um, okay. So at the end of our episodes, we ask our guest to provide a training tip. Can mm-hmm. you offer our listeners a training tip? Well, the first thing that I can think of is fueling. I think um, it's an easy thing to not prioritize because we're so focused on uh, distance or, you know, how many miles we're getting in or what the paces are. But that is for me was such a key thing to not, you know, to, to take in fuel, whatever that fuel is that works for you, you know, early and often enough to really get the benefit. Well, thank you so much for giving us this time and being a featured athlete. For Thank you, guys. Friday. Thank it's, you. It was 
such a tremendous experience to work with the two of you. It really, I know it made a, a huge difference for me. So thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. And we'll see you in two weeks.